Greetings and welcome to Cool Radio Stories, a podcast for independent radio stations in small to medium-sized markets. Presented by Cool Radio Streaming. Now here's your host, Tom Dobrez. Well, welcome to our podcast, Cool Radio Stories. I'm Tom Dobrez, owner of Cool Radio Streaming, and with us today is a member of a true radio family, a third-generation broadcast owner whose family combined owns more than 20 stations in eastern Oklahoma and northeast Texas. He's been named in Radio Inc. as one of radio's top program directors. Today, we are joined by Will Payne. Will, welcome to the show, and thank you for sharing your cool radio story with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks. We are indeed looking uh, very forward to hearing your cool radio story, but first, a few programming notes for our listeners. In addition to the conversation with Will, we'll also hear from attorney John Garziglia during our Ask John segment when we ask John about some pressing legal matters in the radio world. And we'll also check in with John Wanzong towards the end of our show. He's from Radio Max, and he'll offer us some insight in our audio column, Digging Into Digital. But first things first, Will Payne, let's start at the beginning. I know with your family connections, I can kind of guess what company was with, but why don't you tell us about radio job number one? Oh, radio job number one? Your first job you had in radio. So this is a pretty uh, family-oriented business for us. My uh, grandfather started this out in the 50s. Uh, my dad uh, got the bug from him at the age of 12. And at the age of eight years old, uh, I, I took the lure of pancakes uh, to uh, go to the office with my dad on Sunday and I was his board op uh, for the Sunday morning show. And then later on, uh, I continued to do that. And I ran the, you know, vinyl records, countdowns, uh, the different shows operated the uh, at that time, the cart decks, the, you know, uh, eight tracks looking machines. You know, it was just, it was just a, a fun time to uh, a be with my family on a Sunday morning which grew into a later job, which became the uh, Bill and Will show uh, where I was with my dad and we did a little Sunday morning show, uh, ran the Elvis hour. Uh, so uh, production uh, programming uh, got started for me at a very young age. I will say I, I didn't know it was legal for an eight year old to be a board op back then. Well, I did have to get my FCC license. And I did get that, uh, but I was wor working under my father's license at the time. I see. Well, you had <laughs> the same name, right? Yeah, and, and he was he was in the building. I was just uh, right next to him. Okay, well, that is so cool that you're on the air with your dad. Tell us a little bit about that Will and Bill show. Well, it was a Sunday morning show. Uh, it began, I think, at five to six was the uh, first time, uh, you know, we did that show together. And then I would do some board opping duties after that. And it, over the years, it grew to five to like noon and uh, ended up being one of the top rated shows uh, of the week for the station. And then when I became 16, it became the Will and Bill show. And then dad realized at that time I could have my own show. So I worked weekends. Uh, later, that rolled around to the afternoon DJ not showing up, and I, I took over afternoon drive for the station, uh, which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
uh, it was, I mean, it's just an opportunity after opportunity uh, that presented itself at the family business. And uh, one of the things I love to share with our staff is, you know, back then you actually had to have somebody in the studio constantly, 24-7. We were live. And, you know, Christmas Eve, it was a family, you know, the family business. So we went in Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and worked uh, while, while uh, all the other jocks and uh, employees had the day off. Really? So all the pains were gathered around the, the board there. Well, I don't know about that. It was at least dad, <laughs> myself, or my one of my sisters. I have three older sisters. Uh, they would they would be, you know join in with that, and the rest of the family would be at home. So uh, it yeah. was it was just a kind of a special time because that was you know our second home. Yeah, indeed. Well, that sounds like a, a pretty special upbringing, um, and that of course has now led you to. Uh, let's talk a bit about where Payne Broadcasting is today. It has over twenty stations, right, in eastern Oklahoma. What kind of markets are we talking? All right, so we have 23 signals in eastern Oklahoma and northeast Texas. So uh, the larger markets would be Muskogee, Oklahoma, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Uh, then you go down to, you know, Yafala, McAllister. Uh, a little further down, you get to Antlers, you get to Hugo, you get to Broken Bow, Idabel. And then uh, we uh, go just uh, south of Paris, Texas, in the northeast Texas area, uh, just east of uh, Bonham. Uh, over almost to uh, Texarkana and then down to Sulphur Springs and Mount Pleasant area. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, the, the geographic footprint of Payne Media Group. And, uh, you know, it's a combination. We have one AM, uh, FMs, uh, translators, you name it, uh, all, all of the above. And then we have one HD station uh, where we do uh, high definition, uh, obviously on HD1, when we offer uh, uh, HD2, HD3, uh, different formats uh, that we can uh, rebroadcast on translators. And so do you treat each and every one of these uh, stations as a single entity or are you kind of marketing the entire region, all them together? Or is it, does it vary? It, it really does vary. So, you know, we have Muskogee, which is its own animal. Uh, that's uh, Okie Country 101.7, uh, taking a little phrase from Merle Haggard, Okie from Muskogee. Uh, Tahlequah, we have an AMFM and some translators there, uh, which is home of the Cherokee Nation. Uh, it's its own uh, entity there. And then when we get down into the more rural areas, uh, you know, Yafala is our, is our Blake FM. A great uh, service. It's the only station that we take uh, programming for. for uh, Blake FM uh, is a syndicated uh, programming. It's the only one that we do that with. It's great stuff. Uh, Kevin Christopher does a great job on Blake FM. Uh, and then it has a couple other stations that it rebroadcasts that same signal on uh, in the central portion of eastern Oklahoma. Uh, then we get down to uh, McAllister, and then pretty much everything else is uh, uh, all programmed in-house uh, outside of our ESPN station. And then I have to give I have to give Dad a little bit of credit on that. We've always programmed our stations in-house. Yeah, so that that which is great, and keeping it local obviously is a, a mantra. So, uh, speaking of working for your dad and and bringing a you know having a lifetime in radio. Um, any kind of special difficulties that that brought to maybe the you're your growing up in the business and that you've learned from and you've been able to kind of prevent or helped you succeed? I would say that working with family uh, is is very uh, you know rewarding at times, but very difficult at times too, uh, because you you have you know obviously your work family and then your home family, and then when you uh, you go home and your work family and your home family are are, are uh, uh, interwoven, it can be very difficult at times, and then other times it's very rewarding too, uh, because yeah. you know uh, that you you know you you've got you know good people around you. 
uh, it, it was, there were some times my father passed away in 2015. Uh, and you know, I can say, you know, at the, I don't know, 20, 27 years ago, he gave me my first GM job. Uh, you know, uh, he had a lot of confidence in me. I don't know if the rest of the family had any confidence in me at being a GM, but, uh, <laughs> he did. Uh, and, uh, I'm fortunate to, to be able to prove him right in that aspect of it. But yeah, he, he always gave me great confidence. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I had a lot of leeway with him. He got mad at me from time to time, but, uh, you know, it ended up working out that, you know, we had a pretty, pretty good working relationship together. Um, and then, you know, over the years, the older I got, the more bold I got. So, uh, we just, you know, we took chances and we dealt with, uh, the consequences later. You know, what are some, you know, I, my dad was the same way, uh, not in the radio business, but, you know, uh, running a family business and he has these, you know, these mottos we all kept remembering and, you know, they've, they, no matter what we've done in life, they've kind of stayed with us. Do you got a couple of those you could share? I, yeah, I think I would, uh, would, you know, my dad was a heck of a programmer, you know, he, he came up in the programming ranks. He got an engineering degree so he could go back and be a radio announcer. He was a DJ in the fifties when he had to have an engineer on duty. And so he got his engineering duty uh, license. And so he was the overnight engineer and the DJ on KOMA in Oklahoma city. And so that ingenuity, uh, that thinking outside the box, uh, has kind of, uh, trickled down with, 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 you know, with me as well, coming up with different ways that we can do things uh, that make sense. And then on the sales side, I, I always remember this phrase, you know, he would always tell the sales reps, just go out and love people. And what I mean by that and what he means by that is when you go down to the service station and you're trying to sell them an ad and you see the oil truck back up, it's not about, it's, it's not about selling ads anymore. It's about getting your hands dirty and unloading that truck and getting the product into the business. That's the most important part because without the product in the business, then you can't sell the, the business or the product. And then the other part of it is if you're wasting that guy's time, he can't go unload the truck. So, you know, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, get into business, understand the business. And that's how you develop a long lasting relationship with them. Right. And so obviously that's carried through uh, with your connection with the community and, uh, let's talk about how Payne Media Group does that in this uh, geog geographic area that you explained earlier. What are some of the key elements of your either on-air programming or off-air or online that you're doing to help connect you to the community? Well, we want to make sure that our, our radio stations reflect the community. We want to mirror it. We want to make sure that what we are doing online is, uh, A, uh, appropriate for the community, B, important to the community as well. So uh, when you listen to our stations, we hope that they mirror and look like the community that they serve. Uh, we want to make sure we have plenty of local content on the air. We want to make sure that if there's a local happening, good, bad, ugly, we want to make sure that we are, are part of it as well. We've had some uh, wonderful times in these communities. We've had some really tough times, but we want to make sure that we address them we properly respond to them and let the community know that they care. Uh, and then the other part about the, uh, the, you know, being in the communities, we also want to have good communication. You know, we, we have great relationships with local elected uh, officials. We have great relationships with our law enforcement, uh, with our political candidates. You know, we want to make sure that they all understand how to reach us, how to get a hold of us. If there's anything that's going on, we want to be that first call. Right. And so from that perspective, that includes uh, 
obviously on-air programming that's news focused. Uh, do you do community programming in addition to news? Yeah. So not only do we have a newscast uh, on morning and afternoon, we do community spotlights. We have the community uh, pain media group community spotlight where we will interview uh, either a politician, a public figure or somebody in the community. If there's something going on or a public, you know, you know, service announcement or we're trying to raise fund for something, absolutely. We bring him in. We make him a part of the station. Uh, that's very important to us because we want to make sure that the community knows that we're here to serve them. Right. And then now uh, translating that to some of your digital presence online, uh, obviously you're streaming, but are you doing other uh, things online to complement your on-air programming? Great question. Uh, yes, uh, we you know we do video streaming. Uh, first of all, it, it kind of fired up and started in football. Uh, football's king in Northeast Texas and Eastern Oklahoma. We have some great football teams, so we really fired up uh, and and brought the broadcast to uh, the video online. And uh, we do we still air it on uh, on air as well. So you can be driving down the road, listen to it, but then you can also uh, be at home or anywhere in the world and watch the game live. That's where it all started. Then we kind of you know we alluded to move that over to some basketball, some softball, some baseball. We do parades. Yeah, every parade in our community, we make sure that we have it uh, on form of a live stream. Uh, graduation became very important to our community the last couple of years. Uh, so when graduation tickets were limited, we went live with that too. So there are many things in the community that are going on, whether it's the, uh, the kids play, whether it's the high school football team, uh, whether it's the uh, local parade, uh, we make sure that we now have that available so they can watch that, you know, right there online. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about the technology uh, to do that. Um, you have individual, well, there's staffing and technology. So first the staffing, you have staff that's going out there covering these events. They got a video camera in their hand and then as you promote it through YouTube, Facebook, uh, your own website, how are you promoting that? Well, we do all of the above. Now what we do on air, uh, and that's, you know, the primary uh, way that we promote our activities, uh, we promote on air, go to a website. So for uh, one of our football broadcasts, we would tell you to go to hugofootball.com. And then when you get there, it says, listen live, that's the stream and watch live. And that's the video. And the idea behind that is we know that platforms are going to change. Is Google, is Facebook, uh, you know, are they going to be the platform that we use forever? Absolutely not. Something else may come along. If it does, we want to make sure that we're routing you to our page and then you can click to watch live. At that point, it doesn't matter to the end user where it's going. They just want to watch the content. So that's very important to our marketing. So whether it's hugofootball.com or we tell you to go to Cato, K-D-O-E 1023.com uh, to click and watch live either way. Uh, so that way those links can be interchanged at any moment. But the listener, uh, the community member, our, our family knows that they just go back to the initial website and then they'll be directed to the current location because there are some schools that don't allow uh, one platform or another uh, to be streamed. And we use a lot of uh, uh, educational uh, internet in order to uh, be able to stream some of these uh, different games just because uh, the last couple of years they have uh, really beefed up their backbone and their capabilities of streaming. In the rural area, it's sometimes impossible to uh, stream a football game or a live event uh, with just uh, over-the-air uh, cell service. 
Right. So let's go back. You said a lot there to unpack. Okay. Um, and, and I'll remind our listeners, we'll put links to some of these web pages uh, in the show notes because I think it's important to see what you're doing there to get a visual. Um, first off, you mentioned educational internet. So is this the local schools doing something or what did you mean by that? Well, when you go to a school, we call that the educational internet. Uh, that's the education you know, department or these the high school's internet service. And they've really beefed up because they've had to do uh, online uh, classes. They've had to uh, be able to have numerous students online at one time. So their internet that happens to be probably the best in town, no question, uh, because of the you know of the funding there. And so we tap into that during the uh, during the sporting events for the schools or the uh, you know parade, whatever it might be that's happening for the school. That's what we were able to use. Okay, got it. All right, and, and then the uh, idea of driving them back to your own property, your own uh, digital internet, real estate, if you will, <laughs> that to me is so key because. You know, a lot of stations or even businesses are building um, stuff out on Facebook and or YouTube, and that pl- that could be rug could be pulled out from under you at any time, right? And, and so the key is is if you can get them into the habit of going to a URL or web page, even if it's a landing page that you own, you could certainly maybe control where they go from there. I think that's right. The idea is we're going to be here, you know, Payton Radio Group, Media Group uh, is 71 years old this year. So, you know, we've been here in this part of the world or in Oklahoma for 71 years. We plan on being here for at least another 25 years, uh, unless I can find a Payne member of the family to uh, take that next uh, step. But that's the the idea. You want to build your brand. Your listeners are familiar with you. They trust you. And you want to send them to that page. And therefore, after that, you know, it's going. So that way you're not you're not you're not losing them. They're not going to go anywhere. And if you change the platform that you choose to stream, then it doesn't matter. They still click on the button that says watch live and and then they get moved forward to whatever venue that might be. So uh, things are always going to change. And especially in the world of the Internet, they change faster than any other place. Yeah. Well, I think that, like I said, is, is solid advice. So now let's talk about staffing. So you're covering a lot of games. I'm sure your Friday nights are pretty hectic. Um, are you uh, at the game itself? You have an announcer. Is he doing the video too? Are you using the high school kids? How are you actually pulling off the production elements of, of these video broadcasts? Well, I would say for the last 71 years it, in, in the radio world, it was real simple. We had two uh, two on-air personalities. One was the uh, play-by-play host. The other was color. They would be given a little piece of equipment, a couple of headsets. And uh, in the old days, they would plug into a hard phone line and call the station. We'd have a board op back at the station, and that's how they would get on the air. And then it moved on to cellular technology, which, you know, now looking at it, doesn't seem like it was much of a change at all. Instead of plugging into the landline that you had installed that week at the at the play-by-play location, you just flipped on your flip phone, you plugged your phone into the equipment and you made the phone call back to the studio. Now, what we do when it comes to video it's 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 only adding maybe one person. So we have a camera operator and we still have the play by play and the color host. It does get a little more complicated when you uh, add more equipment, but it's built really the same type of uh, setup 
All we're doing is taking an internet connection back to the studio. And once it gets back to the studio or to the, uh, once it gets to the World Wide Web, then the, at the uh, studio, they just take up the live feed from there and it goes live. The only difference that we were able to do, we added one person at the game, but we really eliminated one person back at the studio. So we have maybe one board op for six stations and basically they're just a troubleshooter, but uh, most of the audio is, is, uh, is online. All the commercials are, are produced and uh, right there at the, uh, at the game and the audio is sent back whole, just like you hear online. And it goes to the radio station. So uh, we, what we did was we uh, net zero employees, basically. We, get, we don't need as many board ops at the studio and we take them out on the road and they become camera operators. Yeah. Well, that, and I think it's important to, for our listeners to hear that, that it's not as challenging as you might think. And it's just a little bit of plugging and playing the same people, maybe in slightly different roles. How are the advertisers responding to this? That's an amazing question. Uh, they, once you start video streaming, your advertisers will demand that you continue to video stream and they will want you to video stream. And so you will be able to take that crazy furniture guy that has bought TV or cable ads for years and years and years, and you will bring him into your live streaming and you'll take that same crazy furniture ad that you have seen on cable and TV and you'll plug that into your game and he will be a sponsor. And we are seeing three to four times the sponsored dollars for video streaming than we did for the radio. So the radio broadcast for the team, let's just say, was $199. The video broadcasting for the team sponsorship will be $399, and you can do a 12-month commitment. It can be six ninety nine. It can be up to twelve hundred. We we've seen uh, you know packages where the, the the logo goes on the screen on the screen for the entire game, and it's a uh, an exclusive. And you can ask maybe two thousand dollars per month, twelve month subscription. So uh, the video streaming it, it's more a little more uh, intensive. It's a little more expensive, but the ad revenue is three to four times what you were asking for a regular a radio football game. Well, and you also hit on something that used to be a core uh, with radio, and that was selling, you know, annual contracts. That's what these video advertisers want, correct? You you said that because Lou Vito was talking to me, and he was telling me the same thing that we're we're constantly creating even more video opportunities because the sponsors want it and they're paying for it. That's right. That's right. And so here here's one of the uh, sales challenges that we saw in the past. It was let's say September, October, the local high school was having a phenomenal game game and phenomenal year and everybody wanted to buy it. And you're like, well, you should have been on in August. Right. So now we say, no problem. We'll sign you up. It is a 12 month commitment and we'll just renew next uh, year in December. No problem. And here's what we've done. We've built it up with a ton of different things. So we have a new year's Eve live uh, video. We've got basketball. We've got baseball. We've got softball. We've got different parades, the 4th of July parade, the Christmas parade, uh, you know, whatever we had it recently. We did a Martin Luther King day parade. All those parades are part of the package. And that's part of the 12 month commitment. And Tom, what, what a 12 month commitment does is this is now you can plan out your capital outlay. You can decide how much you want to spend on video and how much you want to pay a designated person to be your video streaming 
uh, you know, p- program director, so to speak. So you, you can look in advance. You can say, all right, we're going to have 12000 $30,000 in our budget that's video streaming only. And the other part about that, the, the, the part that uh, is, is good for the bottom line is there are no music licensing fees. If there are the minimum, com- minimal, comparatively speaking, to what you would have, uh, have with your radio broadcast. Right. And, and the content is as unique and local as it could possibly be. Right. So it's still fulfilling, you know, sort of the core mission of the radio station. I think so. And, and I think that's what sets broadcasters apart from other video streamers. You know, we, we do quarterly issues uh, we, where we, you know, recognize what the community needs and we try to fulfill those needs. And then we send that in every quarter to the FCC public file. Uh, we, we do, uh, you know, many of us do EEO requirements where we fill out the forms and we send it in. So inherently, broadcasters are in tune with serving the community. And when you can take that attitude and move it over to video streaming, it makes you a better video streaming uh, partner because what it is is you're showing the community to the community. And then the other part of that is, is you're showing people that used to live in the community, their hometown. Right. And, and it's just enduring. It's always there. People have become very uh, adept at uh, watching videos from the past and finding them. And if, if you distribute them through a variety of medium and like say through your own website, you, you're going to find them and, and those ads will continue to reap benefits for those advertisers as well. Yeah. That's something that we do. That's a little bit different than other video streaming platforms. Uh, for example, if you go to Google's, you know, YouTube, it, you, you'd see different ads each time you watch the same video. Uh, good news is for our advertisers, it's locked in and their ads will be timeless, so to speak. Uh, they may get dated over the time, but they're still in there uh, for archival purposes. And um, are you doing in-studio videos as well when maybe a local band comes into town or things like that? Yeah. So what we did a few years back was we saw the opportunity that when we had a, a regional act, Red Dirt or Texas artist come into the studio or somebody from Nashville, instead of just making it a radio interview, we decided to uh, build a green screen studio. And so we have a green screen studio that we take the video. Uh, we replace the background with maybe album artwork from that inter- uh, that particular artist. And we put that up online. Some of it goes on the air, but most of it goes only online. Well, that's fair enough. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. And now that we know the digital product side, what the video products are that you have available, what I'd like to do when we come back from the break, uh, when we continue your cool radio story, is to find out about the sales team and how they've adapted to selling, going from audio sales to digital and video sales uh, when we return from the break. But now it's uh, time to ask John. It's time to ask John, a regular feature where we ask John Garziglia, a partner with the FCC law firm Womble, Carlisle, Sandridge, and Rice, about legal matters facing the broadcast radio industry. Our email bag has a question for John today about the FCC rule radio policy. John, where does that all stand these days? Well, the FCC's rural radio policy dates back decades, but uh, it governs FCC applications to challenge uh, uh, or to change, rather, a station's community of license. In a nutshell, 
In 2012, the FCC made a policy change to make it more difficult to move a radio station's community of license from outside of a census-designated urbanized area to a community within the urbanized area. Recently, certain licensees have sought to uh, relax this rule, uh, arguing that, among other things, minority broadcasters may be impeded in trying to purchase and improve radio facilities, which has the counterproductive effect of diminishing ownership diversity. At this point, there's no, no indication, however, that the FCC is going to change its policy. We're back to listening to the cool radio story of Will Payne, president of the Payne Media Group in Oklahoma. Uh, Will, right before the break, we were chatting a little bit about uh, the digital products and the video products that Payne Media Group makes available to the uh, retailers and your clients in town. Uh, let's talk about the transition of the sales staff if you've gone from a you know, 100% audio company to now this really multimedia mix. How did that transition go and, and what were some of those challenges? It all comes down to having faith in the content and having, you know, also the confidence to go out and know what you're talking about. And so basically, you know, it, in the beginning, it was definitely a crawl. We were crawling along, sales team kind of got it, uh, went out, sold it. And then they started getting the response. The response comes in two forms. Uh, the response comes in word of mouth from uh, client to client, uh, sometimes client back to the sales rep. And then the other comes to uh, through chat, email, thank yous online. And that's probably been uh, the most rewarding part of it. So the sales staff sees that. And then they also see start seeing the stats. And when the sales staff comes back and says, did you see how many people or how many devices we reached on that last broadcast. That was impressive. And so then they can go back and take that to the next advertiser or the advertiser that just bought the package, the package, and, and they can then say, well, here's what we have with an overnight. Uh, Tom, outside of uh, streaming on the air uh, and on the radio and on the uh, online, we've never had such numbers. You know, uh, streaming numbers are fantastic. Video streaming uh, numbers uh, are are a key tool to going back to the advertiser or to the next advertiser and saying, here's what we're estimating to get on the next go around. So that really pumped up the sales team. So if, if A, if you're a salesperson or if you're a owner manager or a programmer and you've got to uh, get something started with the sales staff, you know, sometimes you just got to throw one out there, get it done and then go back and show them, you know, how it worked. And then if you can get the sales staff somehow involved in the production side of it, where they just maybe come and watch, maybe you get them to run a camera at the parade, which is a real simple thing to do, get them involved with it. And then, and then it usually takes care of itself. But the only thing I can say is if you haven't started doing video sales yet, then you're in a really good position because you need to make sure that you're asking for three and four times your radio numbers. And guess what? You're going to get it. And that has to be music uh, to a lot of ears of this list of this podcast. Uh, you know, an opportunity to, to really grow your gross revenue by three, four times is, is the value in creating a video platform. 
uh, for and, many and it, of the things they're already doing, right? That's right. You've done a lot of these things over the years. Uh, so it, it's just a second step, adding the video to it. And then a lot of these items are not even on air. So you have your on-air time. It's still fresh. You still have uh, breaks to sell. Uh, you can promote back and forth. And that's something that we encourage all of our, all of our on-air personalities to do. While we have an on-air event going on, be sure to, to you know promote it. Hey, don't forget, right. right now you can go over to paymediagroup.com and you can watch X and X, you know, whatever it might be, video streaming. Cross-promote within yourself. So when it when internally then, is there a separate video production? Are this the same guys doing the audio ads? Um, where how are you uh, orchestrating that inside the building? So there's two 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 schools of thought on that. Uh, a, uh, we have people in house that can do, uh, videos, uh, and the scope of those videos may be one picture and the 30 second radio commercial with it. Uh, the other one may be five dealership photos with a logo for the dealership and then the 30 second commercial behind it. And what is really, uh, coming down the line a lot faster uh, than we anticipated was the network commercials are already produced. All we have to do is tag at the end, the location. So whether that's state farm, whether that's McDonald's, that's KFC, uh, state, uh, the farmers, farmers union or farm bureau, uh, you go on, name the list. You Sonic, for example, everybody's right. got a Sonic. Right. You take those commercials that they've spent thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in producing. And then you just add a tag at the end. So that is something that we learned that is really taking care of itself. And then at last but not least, you can charge A, B, and C. Uh, so if you provide the commercial, obviously we'll do a small fee for the tagging. Uh, if we're making the commercial and it's going to be just a picture and an audio, it's going to cost you this much. Uh, if it's a little more elaborate, it's this much. And then uh, if you need a really high tech commercial, then go to Canva, go online. Uh, maybe, maybe even, uh, you know, what is it? The uh, five, five dollars, you know, you can go to fiverr.com and, and you can bid out the process to them and you can immediately have a second, you know, secondary source for that. So you don't have to do it in house. You can uh, actually uh, outsource uh, 100% of it, but a video ad is different from a radio ad because our customers have been sold that every time that they do a new video ad, there's always a production fee for it. Right. Right. And I think that's a big change, but it's a radio station management. You could hear fee or you could say, oh, additional revenue opportunity. That's exactly right? what it is. That's <laughs> right? Right. And so, yeah, we're going to charge you X to air it, but we're also going to charge you plus X to produce it. And you know, then which is if something you, we've never done in radio. That's right. And then if you want to make a change, that's going to there's going to be a, a copy change fee uh, you know, charge as well. Right. Of course, always got to, right? Well, it does sound as if, um, you know, the time has come for this. I know personally, I've looked into a lot of the equipment. It has become so reasonable and so good. Uh, the software that's out there to pull these games off is is really pretty phenomenal. Um, and hearing the success, uh, like you say, of, of being able to raise your rates uh, two, three times, three, four times, you said, it seems like it's... Uh, it's almost a, a for a radio station not to be doing something along these lines would be a pretty dramatic mistake. 
Tom, I would love to say this to anyone that's doing Friday night high school football. If you're only doing it on the radio, you will find very quickly that there will be somebody, whether it's the school or little Johnny down the road, somebody's going to step up for that school and say, we will do the video broadcast. And you may have broadcast the, the games for 50 years on the radio. But if you want to stay involved in high school sports, you have to start streaming ASAP. The video streaming is the only way you're going to be able to keep that relationship open. Yeah, and I, I, I see that and sense that uh, all around the country. And and the other thing is, as you mentioned, you know, when you have an FCC broadcast, you have one signal, or in your case, a, a number of them. But you can add, you know, the video is just a whole other channel, right? I mean, you don't have to. You're not limited by what the FCC says you you know can broadcast in an area. So go ahead and do three or four football games on a single night. No question. So if you are blessed to have an area and only have one station, but you've got five football teams playing on Friday night, you absolutely can have five different crews going out uh, into the community and video streaming all five of those football teams. And then the beautiful thing is you've got a a nice uh, FM or AM or combo or HD station uh, back home that can promote uh, where to go see little Johnny play in one of those five football games. Yeah. So I got to ask, are your audio only guys in the building starting to say, hey, what's going on with all this video or are they just jumping on the bandwagon too? We've been very fortunate. All of our audio guys uh, saw this, was part of it. Uh, it has been, you know, there from the baby steps on. So uh, we've been very, very fortunate uh, that our that our, our crew uh, was, you know, seeing we're, we're Usually one of the first to uh, bring out the innovations and then obviously, you know, have continued to uh, make uh, suggestions to make our video streaming better. So uh, we've been very blessed that there has been zero blowback uh, for the video. Yeah. When I think that's important to ask, because I I think there may be a hesitation out there like, oh, I don't want my morning guy to, to leave because all of a sudden we started to introduce video in the building. Um, Will, I want to ask about you personally. This is a lot on your plate, uh, multiple markets, multiple stations. Uh, How do you personally uh, keep yourself organized? What are some of the tools you use? Ooh, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, my calendar, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. Uh, You know, I I constantly make sure I keep those reminders and those alerts uh, going. And then uh, one of the things that I've really had to do, and it was tough because I'm a programmer at heart. I, I had to delegate off a lot of responsibilities in programming. And uh, that was very, very difficult. It took me years to be able to recognize that I had to get that done. So uh, delegation is key, uh, making sure you're able to see the 30,000 foot view. Uh, and then also making sure that you you have crews that are well-trained uh, and you have somebody that's available that can help in a pinch if you're not available uh, to go out and, and, you know, be the be the voice of reason of getting them back on the air or getting that stream fixed. So, you know, you, you got to cross-train everybody. So from the front door to the back door and to the engineer, you got to make sure that everyone is uh, properly trained and has some form of idea uh, of how to properly do just about anything in the building. So uh, video streaming is no different from that. We got to make sure that everybody's cross-trained in it. Right. So, so you do have a, 
a, a system in place for that training where you will take uh, you know, an on-air jack, and eventually he'll know how to get a video uploaded and on the the website. Yeah, no, yeah. So you know, the secret sauce for me is just you know making sure that we understand what our people are passionate about, and what are things that they are really uh, you know excited about. What is it? What is it that, that they love to do? What what's their favorite thing? And then we build an opportunity around that. So if you have somebody in the office that loves baseball, then you know what? That's the guy or girl that needs to go out and be with us on the video for the baseball. Uh, you've got somebody in the office that uh, loves uh, animals. Then you know what? Uh, there's an opportunity in town uh, for the pet show. Uh, and they go out and, and they're part of that. So uh, if you've got someone that has kids or grandkids uh, in the building that are in school, then guess what? They're the ones that get to go and be a part of the uh, kids uh, activity play veterans day uh, program and then give them an opportunity and show them how to do it yeah well that is just great to listen to because i, I think for so long uh, radio and, and a lot of businesses have have siloed their people and said you don't know no, you're, you're you sit behind this desk and this is what you do you go out in the street and contact retailers to make sales you sit in a, a production studio but you're now saying, you know what, we just need to put the right people in the right place at the right time uh, to cover an event, to bring that passion uh, for that particular topic to, back to our listeners. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and here's what, you know, we'll give you one more example. We had a parade happen about a week and a half ago, and everybody has been dealing with uh, absences uh, with, you know, family uh, issues and we get it. Uh, we're all going to be put in, in a place sometimes that we don't want to be, we we're going to be put uh, in a place where, you know, what are we supposed to do when somebody, when, you know, so we have that next man up mentality. And so what we did was uh, we had one, we have one system that's just a camera. It hooks to the phone and it goes live. It's called Amiibo. We have one Amiibo in the building. It's a super easy way to get video uh, to uh, to our to our streaming services. So we, the traffic director, uh, she was kind enough to uh, load up her uh, newborn baby, about eight months old, and go down to the parade, set the camera up on the st on the stand, and uh, go live. There was no audio with it. There was no play by play. It was just the Martin Luther King parade. And uh, when that parade was over, she stopped. And she loaded back up and off she went. So, uh, you know, every every system, every system that we have starts at super easy, unsophisticated. Uh, then it goes all the way up to a, a full blown broadcast for the uh, football. So you can you can do this so many different ways. But uh, one of the things that we've learned is everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to be a part of it. Everybody knows, you know, got to have it a way of going and getting it done. Yeah. So this is a, a single camera that has like a cell connection that just uploads it automatically. Yeah. So what it does with the Mevo is uh, this particular one that we have, an older model, uh, you just push the button on it. It uh, turns on. It's got a battery source. It connects to your cell phone. You see the uh, screen. You see the street on the cell phone. And then uh, with your cell phone connection, you connect to uh, uh, the streaming platform and you hit go live. Once you do that, the camera's live. Uh, it's broadcasting. And then uh, as soon as the event's over, you hit stop and off you go. Very basic, very easy to use. We just like that a little better than a cell phone. But, you know, Tommy, you really could just set up your cell phone and put it on a, a nice uh, stand 
and uh, and use that to uh, to go live from the from the parade. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. We just like the uh, the Mevo video quality. It comes out a little bit better than what we see in most cell phones. Yeah, well, and that's what I want you know to be communicated with. This is this has become really really simple to do, and yet so impactful and effective to your community and to your clients. And, and it can really be done by anybody, you know, and, and it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, training time and people now just get it. You know, they know how to hold a phone and, you know, everyone takes, everyone's amateur photographers to begin with. So let's give them a chance to contribute to the content that the radio station's producing. That's right. And, and, you know, they changed the rules a few we a few years back where, you know, we didn't have to have the studio open from eight to five. And for us, that's been a blessing because what it does is we get to go out to where the people are and not have to have a person at the, at the studio to open the door for somebody to come in. Instead, we can all be down at the parade. We can all be at the game. We can all be at the uh, public event. And that's, in my opinion, that's where we should be. Right. It, it's an opportunity to just run multiple remotes, if you will. Uh, yeah, you know, we uh, send everybody out, and you know that's right. the same thing. We do, you know, we do live remotes, but guess what? We've got a video stream component that goes with it, and that must be extremely impactful for the advertiser. Well, yeah, they get a chance to be on TV, on social media, right. yep, uh, yep. and and what I, what I love about it is they immediately get the feedback. So we, if we tag them, or we, you know. They immediately get text messages or later on get messages. We saw you, da 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 da. Uh, that that reinforcement uh, gives you a tremendous amount of power in rebooking or uh, going ahead and signing up for the uh, next one. So it, once you do a live stream during your live broadcast, be sure at the end of the uh, remote or broadcast, you go ahead and ask, is it okay if we come back next week? Yeah, right. <laughs> what time do you want us to schedule the next one? Yeah. And, and then they, you know, quite honestly, they have an easier time sharing it. Oh, you know? yeah. You know, they go home that night and send it to the kids or their moms or whoever and say, hey, look, I was on the TV. Yeah, they're part of the product. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, anything else you'd like to share with um, our radio station listeners, those managers and owners alike out there in the radio industry? Well, first of all, I, I do want to say for 71 years, the Payne family has been involved or licensee holders of uh, radio stations in Oklahoma. And we are just as passionate today as my grandfather was back in 1951, putting on a radio station in Cushing, Oklahoma. So when I talk about video, when I talk about streaming, a, I think the radio business is alive and well. It's vibrant. I'm on the air every day. I love what we do on the radio. Do I like to increase my value of my company and my bottom line by 20, 30, 40%? Absolutely. And I see that in our video streaming products. So I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying radio isn't here to stay. I believe it is. I love it. I continue to passion. I wake up every day and I can't wait to go down and share our radio stories. But I see what we have in video streaming. I still want to be on Friday Night Football. And in order to do that, 
we've got to video stream the game and then go on down the list. So if you, you know, if you don't have one or two, or if you don't have 23 signals in Eastern Oklahoma, Northeast Texas, uh, but you've got one, you've got the credibility that FM AM HD station gives you cred in the, in the market. Take that opportunity to go out and become a video streamer as well and use that credibility because you're a broadcaster and there's something to be said about that, you know, because you're in the business and you're here to stay. I think that's well said. And you can hear the round of applause of our listeners throughout the country because that was really well put and vitally important, uh, you know, to the next generation. And speaking of the next generation, is there future pains? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I, this pain was going to be a lawyer like his grandfather. Uh, I was going to, you know, finish up my undergraduate and I applied for law school. And then I got into college and I said, uh, I, I got to go to Oklahoma State University, had an incredible music scene. Uh, and so I got to hear some incredible music. And I, and I, in the back of my mind, I said, I could go and I could play and I could be a part of this for a living. And I said, you know what? Yeah. I, at that point, I was sold. I had the opportunity to uh, go work for a radio group uh, during the summer that wasn't bought, uh, wasn't known by my father, uh, you know, and, and was able to program and be a part of that group, at, which was fantastic. And that's when I made that decision. I said, absolutely. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I bring that up to say I have uh, my oldest son uh, who lives up in the Kansas City area. I have my daughter who's uh, in the middle of occupational therapy school, and I've got an 11-year-old at home. Any one of those three could say, you know what, Dad, I think I might want to be in the radio business. And uh, you know what? I, we would openly uh, open up the office and, and let them come home. But, you know, to say uh, that I, I, I want them to, no, I want them to do whatever they find fulfilling. And if they find something that they want to do and make a difference in this world, that's what they're supposed to do. So uh, I'll leave that door wide open for them. Uh, but you know, it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, all three of them went out and did their own thing. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, that, and they're fortunate to have you. And that's a, I think a, uh, healthy view, uh, going forward and you never know. And maybe it is some of these digital and video things that you're doing now that, that might just attract them in what some way or another. So it could be, uh, yeah, my, my yeah. family never pressured me. It was 100% my choice to, uh, to uh, come back and be a part of the uh, family business. But, you know, it's been very fulfilling. Uh, it's been good to me. Uh, looking forward to uh, what we have coming, you know, moving forward. And like you say, all these other innovations that are coming our way. Wow. I can't, I can't wait to see what video streaming looks like over the next three to five years. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, and Will, thanks for sharing all that with us. I know there's a couple of uh, listeners out here whose heads are probably spinning with questions. Uh, how can somebody reach you? Very simple. Just go to uh, painmediagroup.com. Uh, there, you know, if you say contact us, look for Will, or you can just email me direct. It's pain. I have a, let's see, the email address we'll use will be will at painradiogroup.com. Uh, and, and you can, you know, hit me up. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Uh, and I, I think, I think that's the, uh, the key moving forward. 
you know, when you're willing to share with others, uh, then, then that means the business grows. And if the business grows, we all benefit from that. Yeah. And, and that's the mission of this podcast, right? Let's just get people out there that are doing this every day and share their insight, their experience uh, with the others and their cool radio stories. And I appreciate you uh, being on the air with us. It's been my pleasure. If anybody ha has a question or if, if they have a comment or they have a crazy idea uh, that they want to share with me, I would love to hear your feedback too at willatpainradiogroup.com because it has to be a two-way conversation. You are correct, sir, and we appreciate you being open to that conversation. We'll be back with cool radio stories to say goodbye after we step out and dig into some digital with uh, President and CEO of Radio FX. This is John Wansung. It's time to dig into digital, our segment on how you can use digital to unleash the power of your station. Here's our digital guide, John Wansung, CEO of Radio Max. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cool Radio Stories. Uh, it's been an interesting time, I think we could all say. And hopefully, we're all starting to see some movement. I wouldn't say back to normal, but definitely back to where you're hopefully able to start approaching advertisers. That's what I kind of want to talk about today. Because obviously, we dive into digital during the segment, but I also want to dive into kind of the, the strategies of potentially approaching advertisers. I'm sure a lot of you have been nervous, you know, maybe about how do we go back and talk to advertisers now that we're hopefully coming out of this thing. And hopefully you've been staying in contact with them. But I think right now there's a really unique opportunity as you're approaching your advertisers because it's almost like a, a, a new blank slate that's out there. Maybe some of your clients stuck with you and they were doing more PSA type of announcements. Maybe some of them had to take a break. But I think right now there's uh, this really unique opportunity to reach back out to your clients. And I think kind of the mentality around it is you're almost reapplying for the job, if you will, with your advertisers. And I think it's all kind of about listening to their story, what they've gone through and how they want to now market to their clients. And I think radio right now can be an exciting time to reach out to not only your existing clients, but new clients. Because I think there's some new market segments that's opened up. For instance, you know, I think the food delivery business has obviously skyrocketed. When you look at some of these more industrial companies that maybe even pivoted their business a little bit where they're doing sanitizers, they're doing fogging. How do we sanitize areas with schools and businesses? Also, the whole telehealth. I think there's so many new categories that are available to approach. And when you approach them... That's what I'd like to talk about as well, is I think, and maybe some of you are already doing this, but kind of doing those spec spots. Are you actually coming up with those creative ideas that you can bring to those advertisers that are obviously existing, but also those new ones and deliver them, like I said, super creative ideas where it really starts to open up the dialogue with those advertisers. And I think there's really a unique opportunity to get back out in the marketplace, the way you're going to approach advertisers may be a little different. And we're going to have to come up as an industry with new and exciting ideas that with everything that we went through to deliver the message of the advertisers that want to reach your audience. So are you, when you're going into these new sales opportunities, are you delivering the full scope of the opportunities you have with the station? 
you've got your website. Hopefully you have mobile, social media. We've talked about some of that in the other episodes. And I think right now with the opportunities, with kind of this new canvas that's being laid out for new and existing advertisers, you can really open up the opportunity to bring in new ideas, exciting ideas that people are going to be wanting to hear. Advertisers are going to be wanting to hear. In an upcoming episode, we're going to really dive into social media, the app, the website, and how you package those with really specific examples of how you can deliver those opportunities to your advertisers and get them excited about how we're going to move out of these challenging situations that we've had into where we want to communicate the message of our advertisers and how they want to engage with your audience. That's John Wanzung, CEO of Radiomax. For more on using digital to unleash the power of your station, visit radiomax.co. Well, we're back with just some final closing comments. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to Cool Radio Stories. I'm Tom Dobrez, President and CEO of Cool Radio Streaming. If you have any streaming needs, questions, uh, we love to chit-chat with radio people, as hopefully we've just proved in the past hour. So uh, reach out to us at Cool Radio Stories or sales at coolradiostreaming.com. Once again, a real big thank you to Will Payne for sharing his Cool Radio story with us today. You've been listening to Cool Radio Stories, a production of Cool Radio Streaming. For more information, show notes, guest profiles, and more, visit CoolRadioStories.com and subscribe to the podcast at Apple iTunes, Overcast, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.